Today we're discussing the challenging yet transformational journey of parenting teenagers. Join me as we explore how nurturing unconditional love, developing spiritual intuition, and creating connecting moments can not only help navigate the turbulent waters of adolescence, but also empowers teens to follow their inner compass. Discover the keys to family fulfillment, spiritual guidance, and harmonious connections in this crucial phase of life for both you and your child. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. to another empowering episode of Fulfillment Therapy. I'm your host, Kendra Nielsen. Today I want to talk about how love, intuition, and connection can guide you through some of the hardest parts of parenting, namely the teenage years. Are you ready to unlock the secrets of forging unbreakable bonds with your teenager? I hope you are. And if so, listen up, because today I'm going to give you some tips that will help you do just that. I want to start off with a quote by Dieter F. Uchtdorf. He said, Unconditional love, when given freely, has the power to heal, uplift, and transform lives. I really believe that. That unconditional love, especially freely given, really does have massive power within it to heal, to uplift, and to transform lives. I was thinking a lot about this topic recently because of some personal things I've been navigating in my parenting and when I come across things in my personal life and also have clients bring it up it's a good indication that this is something that my audience is likely facing as well. Now I don't want you to tune out if you don't have teenagers because this can also apply to other ages although some things you might have to tweak a little bit And it can also apply to even just nieces and nephews or grandkids or whatever that might be. It doesn't just have to be parenting. I want to share a quick story about that. So I might have mentioned before that I have one child that is sometimes more challenging to parent. And I'm very grateful for him because of what he teaches me. And I know that he's in my family for a reason because he refines me in ways that I absolutely need in my life. This last year especially has been pretty challenging with him, and he's not even quite yet a teenager, but he already has that teenager mentality. He's almost there. And I didn't really experience this with my oldest as much, but I can feel in his life that the things that I do now are very crucial in his development, especially spiritually, and that if I'm not navigating these things very carefully, 
and seeking to have some spiritual guidance and seeking to follow that inner guide or that intuition, then I could make a serious misstep that might really damage our relationship and his future spirituality. I always want to be respectful that I'm not sharing too much of any family member's story, so I say these things delicately, and I try not to give too much information for his sake, should anyone know who I might be referring to without saying names, but I do want to share some of that. Since my son was young, he has struggled with doing things that people want of him or managing expectations. That's just his personality, and that's totally okay. That's who he is. Well, he wasn't sure he wanted to get baptized when he turned eight. We do it at eight in our church. And I wasn't sure he would get baptized until like that day came. He did end up doing so and it ended up being a positive experience. But even since then, with different stages in spiritually especially, he has struggled when it came to passing the sacrament. He did that okay, but shortly thereafter, he didn't want to do it anymore. He also sometimes struggles with wearing dress clothes to church or coming to church at all or engaging or going to mutual or the Wednesday activities for the youth. And all of these things have been a challenge and it's been difficult for me to let go of cultural norms and what I think are supposed to's or should's in my own life, even though I feel like I've worked through a lot of those things, and instead focus on my son's growth and what's best for him and his own spirituality and his own journey and how I can provide the most optimal learning environment for him. This has not been easy. I've had to let go of a lot of ideas that I had in my mind of how it's supposed to look like and instead just focus on what feels right, knowing his personality like I do. And what I've ultimately decided with him is that I need to do it on a case-by-case basis and I need to develop my relationship with him and let him know how much I love him. Just like that quote talked about, Unconditional love can transform lives, and it can heal, and it can uplift. Luckily, my son and I have had a pretty good relationship, and so I'm able to just keep adding to this instead of doing a lot of repair work, but there is some of that at times, and I don't even remember where I came across this. It might have been just in some of my research for these podcast episodes or other things like that, but I came across something that reminded me to really focus on talking to kids about how their worth lies in who they are and not what they do. So it's kind of that being versus doing mentality. And it's very easy to slip into that as a parent. Like you're not doing this or you forgot to do this or this or that instead of focusing on, I am so grateful for the kind of person you're becoming. I'm so grateful for your different characteristics and your different strengths and how unique you are and really focusing on the positive versus the negative. And I know that I've mentioned this before. This is something that is always on my mind. But recently in conversations, not just with my son, but with my other children, I've really tried to pause enough in those little moments. Do you guys do that? Like for my son, it is often, unfortunately, later at night when I'm more tired, when my other kids have gone to bed, and when it's just him and I. 
Sometimes we're sitting on the patio. Sometimes he's just laying next to me in my bed. Maybe we're on the couch and he's just talking to me. He's just sharing insights. And as I was reflecting on this episode today, I was thinking about the answers that have come to me recently and what has occurred as I've acted on those thoughts and those feelings. I noticed that as when I wrote them all out, all these little thoughts that came, most of them came when I was reading a conference talk, sometimes when I was reading scriptures, sometimes when I was doing research for a podcast, or a couple of them came recently while I was listening to state conference and just jotting down some notes. But most of those times, I highlighted something or I made a note of something or I wrote something down. Like there was an action followed by that thought. There was also some level of obedience or some thoughtfulness and some stillness. Because I had been actively praying for things and asking for help, and because I had been seeking for spiritual guidance, I often found it, but I didn't even realize that it was spiritual guidance in the moment until I acted on those promptings and then I did them. I'll try to be a little more specific so you can understand what that might look like. I had been reading a talk about patriarchal blessings and how they're encouraging youth to get them earlier. And if you don't know what those are, those are it's just a special blessing for church members, for them individually to spiritually prepare them for their journey in this life and help them navigate their individual and specific trials that they might face. And it's a very wonderful and beautiful experience to get that. Well, I was thinking about my son when I was reading this, and I think the first time I ignored it, and probably even the second time and the third time, I was like, maybe it's time I should act on this thought. So I did. I just wrote a note down to do it, because once it's in my planner, I often follow through. And I didn't make it this big, formal, awkward thing, but the next time that we were one-on-one, I didn't just jump into it, but I talked with him for a little while. I showed love, and I was very tender with him. I was asking him questions, was just naturally building that relationship. And then I broached the subject, just asked him questions, what he thought about it. And he naturally started asking me a lot of questions about my own patriarchal blessing and my experience with it and what it was like. It was a very positive conversation. Now, at the end of it, (laughs) this kind of goes with his nature, he realized that not a lot of people so far have received their blessings earlier, their patriarchal blessings, and I think that he does not want to be a forerunner or stand out in any way, which is kind of true to his character. So he said he's, he's not quite ready to do, to do that, but he would be interested in that maybe next year. The important thing in this, if you're looking for these tips and these tools, especially professionally even, It's very important that you don't push, that you allow them to have a voice and that they believe they have a voice and that who they are is okay. I'm not trying to push him into that space where he feels uncomfortable drawing attention to himself or getting his patriarchal blessing too early. All I am doing is planting seeds and giving him a voice and a choice whenever possible. Hopefully that's something that you have found that you can do with your own children. Now another quick example is his mission. 
I haven't really wanted to talk a lot about serving a mission. I think I've been a little gun shy about it because I work with so many clients that have a lot of shame around serving or not serving missions or coming back early. And I don't want that for my children at all. I do not want them to feel like there is no option that they have to do a certain thing and that the list of shoulds and musts is just growing and growing and growing where they feel kind of buried under it. I don't want that for my kids personally. So I have been more hesitant, but the same thing as I was reading these conference talks, as I was listening in state conference, I realized I'm not necessarily helping him by not having these conversations either. So I did the same thing. When we are naturally connecting, when we're being affectionate, I often have my arm around him or we're being silly. He's just sitting next to me telling me about things and I'm talking to him often, like I said, in the evening or something like that. I was doing that with him and, and all I said was, son, I appreciate you so much. I am so grateful that you're in our family. The things that you teach me are so important. And I think that if you choose to serve a mission someday, that you will be incredible because you do things a little differently than I did. You learn for yourself first and you let go of what other people think. You don't just do what everyone wants you to do and you're not so focused on people pleasing that you do what's wrong for you, but you really examine it in your own mind before making a choice. And I think that is so powerful and so important. And the fact that you're learning that this young is amazing. And I'm really proud of you. And if you choose to serve a mission, I think that's going to serve you very well. And then we just had a simple conversation about missions, if that's something that he's thought about or what his thoughts are and all those things. And I, I just listened. I didn't push any sort of agenda. I just opened up that subject for conversation and I plan on revisiting it. Again, not as a getting my way kind of thing, but letting him know that I love him however he shows up and that he has strengths and gifts and I love him no matter what. I always lead with that. And with everything, there's a virtue vice side to something. Like, yes, he has to go his own way and he's often stubborn and it's very challenging <laughs> to get him to do things that he might not want to do that are good for him. And it's refined me in ways I can't even explain. And it's taught me about agency and it's taught me how to let go. And it's taught me to be more patient and compassionate and empathetic and loving. And I wonder if you've had similar stories or experiences like that. I wonder if your kids know how proud you are of them and if they know that they are loved unconditionally, no matter how they show up, no matter what they choose, no matter which path they take. Have you had those conversations with them? And these are not just a simple lip service, but do they really feel it? Do you show that in your words and in your actions? Because maybe they don't want to go to church. Maybe they don't want to get dressed up. Maybe they don't want to serve a mission. Maybe they don't want to get a patriarchal blessing. Maybe they don't want to do the things that you feel like they're supposed to do, like even going to school or those types of things. And when I say these things, I also want you to be aware that I'm not asking you to have weak boundaries. Children feel safe with boundaries, even if they act like they're very angry. <laughs> boundaries are so important. But when you have conversations, have conversations when you're calm. 
I'm going to give you another quick story about that. I have an exchange student that that is quite addicted to her phone. She's not unique. This is American children. This is all my other European exchange students, but they are perpetually going to grab them. There's so many studies about how many times teenagers grab their phone and adults, and it is ridiculous. Well, <laughs> in church yesterday, I had seen this go on for several weeks, and I, I often don't like to call people out in the middle of something in a shaming way because that closes hearts. Well, I had had several soft conversations with her already about please not being on her phone. I had already printed out the family expectations. I had gone over them with her. She knew all of these things. Well, she was still looking at her phone and on social media and different things during church, and it was really starting to upset me because I didn't feel like she's being respectful. And so I started church this time and said to both of the older girls, I said, just a reminder to please not be on your phones. Do you understand? Is that okay? Can you please be respectful and not be on those during church? And they both said, yes, yes, of course. Within five minutes, she was on there again, doing all those things again, and I'm just getting more and more irritated. Like, what is, what am I supposed to do? Like, it's not getting through. She's being deliberately disobedient or disrespectful, and I was just mad. And <laughs> this time, I talked to my husband. He was actually sitting next to me. I said, she's doing it again. She's on it again. We need to talk to her. So I just decided, you know what? I need to have a frank conversation with her. I did end up calling her out twice, actually, in church, and she seemed kind of upset with me about it, <laughs> even though she's a very sweet person. We had a conversation after church, and I made sure that it happened when I was deactivated. And I tell you this story so that you can remember these, these details for yourself. Are you having conversations when you're not so triggered, when you're, you're more calm and you've had enough space to relax a little bit and see both sides of the story? So in this instance, I printed out the family expectations again. We went through it and I gave her the benefit of the doubt while still being bold, but not rude or unkind in any way. Just like, this is what we believe and this is why. Do you have any questions? Do you have any concerns or frustrations that you would want to talk about? And we just talked about how our family, in our family culture, that's, it's an important thing to, for those two hours to just be tech-free as much as possible and really focus instead on the messages that are being shared. After we talked to her kindly and lovingly, she opened up and she said, she wasn't even trying to do it, but it's such a reflex for her to just grab her phone and open it, and she doesn't know how to stop. And I appreciated that transparency, so we just recommended a few different tips, like maybe leaving it in the car or under her seat or different things like that. And again, reinforcing those boundaries, revisiting them, but not in this shameful way, which I probably would have if I jumped into it and talked to her then. In order to eliminate that shame, make sure you're asking questions, make sure you're calm, give them the benefit of the doubt, and create those moments to connect. If you just avoid these things, I actually explained this to her as well. It's With my first exchange student, I was trying to be so nice, I was trying to be well-liked, I was just wanted it to be more of a friendship, and I realized that's not going to work. What ended up happening is that I became a volcano, and I even told her what that was. I was like, do you know... Do you know what that is? Sometimes with a language barrier, she doesn't really understand. <laughs> but I told her, it's like, it just builds and builds that resentment when we don't talk about it. We encouraged her to talk about her frustrations as well. 
so that we don't erupt and lash out and get very angry. Now, it's okay. Sometimes it's appropriate to get angry, and we can avoid a lot of that by communicating earlier on. Another tip that I briefly talked about was touching more. Maybe you'll say you're not a very affectionate family, but that is really important for teenagers especially because they don't get touched as much as younger children and they need it so much. Touch them more. Touch them for longer. It can be arm touches. It can be hugs. It it can be silly things like squeezing arms and cheeks, which we do a lot in my family. (laughs) Touch them and let them know they are loved and adored. Another thing that I spoke to is just jot down your thoughts as they come and then act on those write them down in a place that you know you'll follow through like for me it's my planner I know I'm going to follow through if I put it in there but I've many times when promptings come I will just jot it down randomly and that still helps cement it in my brain but I forget where I put it and I often forget what I wrote and so I have things written down on random pieces of papers that I never actually follow through on Put it in a place that you will actually follow through on it. Another thing that I just started doing in order to deepen my spirituality is that I started recording my prayers. And this isn't so I can listen to them later. It's simply, it's simply so that I can talk out loud and solidify what it is that I really want. And I'm hoping that as I do that, I really deepen my relationship with God And I get more clear on what it is I want and what it is that I am so grateful for and celebrate those things more. I found that as I started doing that, thoughts are coming more often. And I recognize because I used more than one sense, like I I use my voice and I vocalize that prayer, that it was more obvious to me when answers were coming. And that's something you might be able to try if you're open to it. I just use an app on my phone, voice memo, and I record it. And I do notice a deeper spirituality about me as I've been doing that. I want to end with a couple quotes. This one is by Jonas Salk. It says, Trust your intuition, for it knows what your conscious mind has yet to learn. And this next one is by someone unknown. And it says, Spiritual intuition is a parent's sixth sense, helping them understand the needs of their child's soul. Trust that intuition. It definitely is telling you something that you are uniquely qualified to know. Parenting with spiritual intuition is recognizing that your children are unique with unique needs, and you are best suited to meet those needs if you prepare yourself with stillness and plead for help from both sides of the veil. And again, whatever your beliefs are, it's like the law of attraction, all of these things, we might use different language, but we are saying the same things. You can receive that help. I hope you enjoy these tips and that these stories might resonate with you as you are navigating parenting or even relationships with loved ones and trying to understand how you can follow that spiritual intuition and lead with more unconditional love in your life and strengthen those bonds. I promise you that you will find greater connection. I've never had such a great relationship with my son as I do now, 
because I am learning to let go and because I am following that spiritual intuition. I'm making sure that he understands that he is unconditionally loved no matter what he chooses and that I am showing him with love and with attention and I'm nurturing our relationship and I'm bringing things up and I'm asking questions and I'm allowing him to be himself. If this helped you or touched you in any way, please share this with a friend or anyone else that you think would benefit from today's episode. In closing, I just want to remind you very quickly about our Costa Rican women's and men's retreat, June 16th through the 22nd of 2024. I had a participant recently ask me if anyone could come now, and I'm sorry if I did not make that clear. This is now open to any adult female or adult male that wants to be part of the men's and women's retreats. We do have some spots left, just a few, so do not delay. And consider buying this for Christmas for someone. This would make the best gift. Can you imagine opening a gift knowing that you're going to be going to Costa Rica and building a tribe and improving your mental health and wellness, getting away, resetting and restoring and creating once-in-a-lifetime experiences, I promise you it is going to be life-changing, and it is so worth it. Invest in yourself. Sign up today. And last but not least, we have a wellness challenge going right now. You can check us out on Fulfillment Therapy on both Instagram and Facebook for inspiration, for guidance, for those forms, for the different resources that will help you become your best self as you improve your wellness through the middle of October. So join us there. It doesn't matter if you're starting late. Come check it out for greater success in your life. Thank you again for joining me today on Fulfillment Therapy. Create a richer life by sharing your unconditional love with your teens and meaning it by making room for stillness and connection. Spread those positive ripples in your family for generations to come. Best of luck, my friends, and I will see you back here soon. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.